Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself conclude our discussion on the Eighth Commandment and what it promotes. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me today... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Awesome. And the three, we're the three musketeers or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> The three amigos, three maybe? Amigos. Ooh, I, <laughs> I like that better. I like that better. Three <laughs> amigos. <laughs> oh, bring some bros next time. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> today we're, we're in God's Word again, which is good. God's Word is delightful, and I think I'm just going to go ahead and read the passage we're going to look at today, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Uh, pull over your cars, listen up. <laughs> please this is, stand. Please stand. Wherever, whatever you're doing, listening to this podcast, uh, here's God's Word. Okay, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Here's God's word for us today. Amen and amen. Amen. And uh, we're talking about this passage in the context of talking about the Eighth Commandment. And what it promotes. And what it's promoting, what it is giving us to do, or how we are fulfilling the Eighth Commandment in light of our neighbor. And we considered several passages for this, but... Uh, one of the reasons why I chose this is mm-hmm. because I recently wrote a Bible study about it. <laughs> but aside from that... Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's be honest, since we're talking about truth. That's right. <laughs> one of the reasons why I promoted this passage, though, uh, is that it really puts the complete Christian life into context in thinking about the Eighth Commandment. Is that vocation? It is vocation. Ooh. We will get there in a second, but it, I'm going to hit both of my... Uh, hot button issues because it, it talks about a life of assurance mm-hmm. leading into a life of serving the neighbor. The thing mm-hmm. I really like is it's the life of the congregation. Yep. Yeah, you know, right. and that is so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's something maybe we as Western Americans sometimes think more individualistically, mm-hmm. but that is not how Scripture presents a life lived uh, in the freedom of Christ Jesus. It's the life of the congregation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that puts us, again, into fellowship closely with neighbors and people we ought to be loving and then people whose reputations we ought to be protecting and, and, you know, building up and edifying. And all of that's here. But what's so interesting, and rather than just giving us something to go out and do, uh, the writer of Hebrews has put this in the proper context. Uh, Hebrews 9 and 10 
are the theological climax of the entire book. They're the, the centerpiece, the high point. Uh, it's talking about Jesus' once-for-all sacrifice as the high priest and as the victim of the sacrifice, shedding his blood that cleanses us from all sins. He set up an argument of Christ's superiority over everything uh, in, in the Jewish worship system. Uh, and we're, we're now at Christ is superior to the Aaronic priesthood and to the sacrificial system of the Levites. And, and that's what 9 and 10 really are. And so verse 10, 19 what the therefore is therefore, mm-hmm. uh, to, to co-opt some seminary language from our, our time. Yeah. What we're looking at there is this is the application. Mm-hmm. Because of this great theological truth, what does that mean for us? And, and, and so uh, as, a, as a systematics guy, as mm-hmm. a theologian at heart, this warms my heart because this is one of the clearest spots in all of Scripture that demonstrates all theology is practical. Yeah. All doctrine matters. It's yeah. not an academic exercise that the truth of Scripture matters for our life right now. Yeah. So it moves from the proclamation of the gospel in our hearts and our minds and resting in the completed work of Christ to the application of the gospel in the life of the congregation. Mm -hmm. Proclamation, application. And so we have, since we have confidence, and the confidence is based on Jesus Christ on the cross in our place, forgiving our sins, uh, in in the confidence entails, we have confidence to go to God in the holy place. Uh, that that's uh, this is kind of a restatement of Hebrews four fourteen through sixteen. Mm-hmm. Let us then with confidence draw near the throne of mm-hmm. grace, so that we mm-hmm. might receive mercy and obtain grace in time of need. Yep. Uh, the acknowledgement that Christ has opened up for us access to the holy of holies by His death on the cross. Uh, we have confidence uh, in, in our great priest. Yeah, verse who, twenty-one. Yeah, mm-hmm. who has uh, completed the work of redemption and mediation that we need. Now, uh, well, the, the joke is now the writer of Hebrews builds us a salad. Yeah, the lettuce. All is... sorts of lettuce. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, uh, <laughs> for the for the for the AFLC people here who knew who know who Pastor Lee is, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in seminary now I was a year behind you, Brett, and, and Brian. You and I were in the same class. I had Pastor Lee for preaching oh, three semesters. In I remember a row. you guys yeah, talking about I this. Too. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> what's so funny is right here. The writer of Hebrews breaks one of Pastor Lee's preaching rules. <laughs> he, he builds a salad, <laughs> and so let's let let's, us let's. let us yeah. Um, but it, it works because it's scripture. Right. <laughs> I always uh, think about that when I think Pastor Lee used to say, "Don't say let's pray, but say pray with me." Or, pray with me. Yeah. yeah. So and, and you also can't say just or share in a sermon. Yeah, the share was the big thing. I just want to share ice cream. You do not share God's word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then the final rule was land. Mm-hmm. Is when you're done preaching, land the be plane. Done preaching, land the plane, <laughs> land the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and don't like say point number two, point yeah. three. You know he was always adamant about not giving numbers to oh. each point. I don't know if you guys remember sure. that. Yeah, so, so and we can say this because I don't think Pastor Lee listens to the podcast, but we'll. Have we should some... tag him on Facebook for this episode, <laughs> in which we discuss Pastor Lee's preaching and how it applies to the Book of Hebrews. Yeah, good. So all that being said. We're looking at all the let us statements here in uh, Hebrews. And so every time he writes a let us, what he's saying is in light of the gospel Mm -hmm. and because of that assurance you have, Mm -hmm. your Christian life is impossible to live. 
yep. without the, insur- the assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. If you do not know and cannot confess that you are reconciled to God based on what Jesus has mm-hmm. done, that he has forgiven you and he's adopted you as his child, this is going to be an absolute impossibility. Mm-hmm. You're going to exhaust yourself right. trying to do it. So this isn't law, gospel, law. No. As this, is, this is law and gospel. Right. This is, yep. law, and go- law and gospel isn't an order. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a confession of the nature of God's word. It's the language God speaks. So in law and gospel here, let us, in light of the gospel mm-hmm. and the assurance it delivers to us, our first response is to draw near. Hmm. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. In light of the gospel, what you need to do is hear more of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. to return to Christ. Let us draw near in full assurance of faith. But what the beautiful part of that is, as you're saying that, my heart is just starting to kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, because the older I get, the more I hear the gospel, the more that the extravagant grace and mercy of God is exposed to me mm-hmm. as a sinner saved by grace, understanding that while I was yet a sinner, while you were yet a sinner, Christ died mm-hmm. for us, and the, and that the Son has come to give us life, mm-hmm. and the abundance of that life doesn't mean we're going to be wealthy or, or, or void of suffering, but what it does mean is that we live in the hope of eternal life because of the promise of Christ Jesus and the assurance that that promise is absolutely and totally secure. Well, and, mm-hmm. and we'll recognize this as lovers of the large catechism. This is just sanctification language. Let us, in, in light of the gospel, yeah. in light of your assurance, let's keep applying the gospel to our lives. Yeah. Let us draw near. And then you, there's some qualifiers in here that would make us hesitate, but it, it becomes clear with this in picture. In full assurance of faith, mm-hmm. you know, it's, well, do you doubt sometimes? Yeah, but the way your faith is strengthened, the way you bring the assurance is uh, by constantly hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And with our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, <laughs> you know. So I love a that pure picture. heart baptism. Yeah, yeah right. Baptism. Yeah. And what's this again? Is the application of the gospel in the life of the mm-hmm. believer repeatedly, and so that as sinners, but especially as those adopted by God in Christ Jesus, our response in the Christian life is to return to God's presence. Mm-hmm. Amen. Is to dwell yeah. there. And I, and I think. One word that is very small in this passage, but it's repeated, and it gives an idea of this to us, is the word us. Mm-hmm. It's not talking to an individual believer, but no. it's talking to all of us together. The corporate action yeah. of a congregation right. in worship. Yep. Yeah, so Receiving all of us together, yeah, hearing hearing the gospel together. You know, and it just it remind, I'm just thinking about First John chapter 1, in that as we continue to grow in Christ, confessing our sin and the freedom of Christ with the privilege of, of revealing what God already knows in the freedom of Christ Jesus. We have fellowship with one another and we have fellowship with God and how that has to happen within the life of the congregation, not as individual separate believers. Yeah, we're not, not those alone on an island but it's, it's not forsaking the gathering together lone, as lone ranger, the habit of many. Yep. Yep. Lone Ranger Christians, yep. yeah. So that's the first layer in the salad. <laughs> uh, the second piece of lettuce is let us hold fast tasty the confession. Yeah. So is this a biblical seven-layer salad? Is that no, what this is? It's a three-layer salad. It's a, it's a Lutheran salad. <laughs> Trinitarian. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, let us Good. hold fast the confession. Again, cling 
to what it is about our faith that we confess and in the role of confessing the faith has a prominent role throughout the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. It's it's in chapters 2 and 3. Uh, it's especially in chapters 5 and 6 when they talk about the basics of the faith and the maturity of the faith and, and so on and, and so forth. But this hold fast to the confession of hope without wavering. Mm-hmm. Well, two big ideas here is that our confession, the, the acknowledgement of doctrine, the, the, the set of beliefs that we have produces hope. Again, the practicality of doctrine for the Christian life and doing it without wavering. Again, this puts us in some shaky ground because we waver and we doubt constantly. Well, even the importance of correct doctrine is, and we think of Titus as Titus was sent to Crete in chapter 2. He says, teach what accords with sound doctrine and how important that is and the truths of the Nicene Creed and how that remains central in the life of the congregation because that is our hope. That is the, the focus of justification by grace through faith alone. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're confessing reality, but you're also confessing eternity. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and a great thing. But now notice that the antidote for our wavering for our doubt is he who promised is faithful. Amen. The promises and the promiser are the source of our assurance and our confidence. Yep, right on. And so when we waver, when we doubt, when, when circumstances in our lives surrounding us, overwhelming us, conspire against us, where we are to direct the eyes of our faith isn't at us. It's at God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven mm-hmm. and earth, and in his only son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit is we are turning to the one who is faithful. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, and and this confession, you know, we're talking about words, too, you know, in light of this eighth in commandment. Content, in, you know? in content. And, yeah, it, I think if it's our even our Lutheran confessions, that's where we get that, mm-hmm. that word, too. Well, and, and we're now, again, in the eighth commandment realm, because one of the fulfillments of the eighth commandment that Luther lays out in the large catechism is to be a truth teller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to confess the truth. Well, this is, happens to be um, the most edifying of all truths is mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. It yeah. is the greatest truth this universe ever known is that Jesus was sent by the Father mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And so finally then, the, the, the last layer uh, is let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Mm-hmm. Not neglecting meeting together, as of the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's, mm-hmm. you know, again, uh, different elements going on here. Yep. But what the Christian life should produce, Christian truth, Christian doctrine, Christian assurance of mm-hmm. salvation, what that should produce is a concern for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep. So it should orient us immediately to our neighbor mm-hmm. because everything we have for life and salvation is wrapped up in Jesus Christ for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think about the love of God revealed in Christ Jesus and the incredible selfless act of Christ being emptied and how that needs to then flow in the power of God's grace in and through the life of the believer in the midst of the congregation, walking in that selfless sacrificial love. I know I've been bringing that up a lot, but that's really been on my heart because that's really where the the gospel is proclaimed and applied in our lives, mm-hmm. especially within the congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it seems like it's played out in how we talk to each other. Amen. And oh. I, I guess I imagine a scenario where this is happening, where somebody is considering, thinking about, brainstorming, daydreaming, you know, hey, I could maybe write a letter to this person, or I could maybe, yeah. you know, when I see them going into church, uh, say that fitting 
word that's perfect for that moment. Um, yeah, someone yeah. that you haven't seen in church for a couple of weeks, instead of the pastor doing it, you coming alongside the person mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, I just want to check in with you. I just want to see if there's what's going on in your life. And mm-hmm. We'd love to see you back at church. And yep. don't guilt and shame that person, you know, but but yeah. Look, yeah. but think of that um, person. We miss you. In We're a genuine way. You. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and one of the yeah. things I say to my church here constantly is if you don't now know how your fellow members are suffering, you're not doing your job as a member of Faith Free Lutheran Church. Ooh, I like that. It's, mm-hmm. We are to be concerned about things. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's a terrific thing on the one hand that our church has grown to the extent that mm-hmm. we don't immediately know what's going on in each other's lives. When I started at Faith, we were averaging, you know, per Sunday in the low 40s, and we just went over 70 this last year. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm not saying that to brag or to take credit, but I, I, in my annual report last January to the congregation, I said this is a very real uh, change for us because we can't assume we know what's going on in the life of the person across the sanctuary who mm-hmm. leaves before we have a chance to talk with now because we're large enough to, to where it has to be an active thing on our part to be invested in the lives of our fellow members. And if we simply assume everything's going well with, you know, John and Jane Doe uh, on the north side of the sanctuary instead of the south side of the sanctuary, uh, then we're not letting the gospel impact our lives to say, how can I be praying for you? Mm-hmm. Is there a way I can meet your need? You know, it's, yeah. you know, various churches at various times, you know, have throw a, a baby shower mm-hmm. or, you know, provide a meals ministry to people or, or, or things like that. That's all great. These are the things we need to be thinking of. Yep. And also, you know, if I'm going to just get on my soapbox for one last time here on this commandment, my main concern about social media is that it instantly destroys this. Because it's enough to express your opinion and think you've done something about it. And so what this looked like, again, uh, we're going to be so far removed from the context by the time this episode posts. But we're in the very near context of the Charlottesville riots. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, everyone's saying, well, you need to get out there and condemn racism and condemn white supremacy. We absolutely need to be condemning, especially as Christians, racism and white supremacy. But in doing that, it feels like we've done something about it, mm. and we just have said something about it. Mm-hmm. The last couple of weeks, uh, the Lord just really some, laid something on my heart to, to present to the congregation that I serve, and it's this statement. You must be extremely cautious in pointing out another person's sin if you are unwilling to walk alongside that person in, in a spirit of restoration and redemption. Yeah. And in fact, one time I said, and I do stand behind this, that I believe, in, and this is my conviction, that you do not have a right to point out someone else's sin if you're unwilling to walk alongside that person toward restoration and reconciliation. And this drive-by comments of social media has done more harm, I believe, to the body of Christ and in some ways fragmented the church even more than, than it has it's in any the, other way. It's fragmented the church and it's fragmented the nation. And this is why identifying that what this is speaking about is the local congregation is so important to understand how we're fulfilling the Eighth Commandment. Yeah. Is that you have a group of people whom God has placed you among. These are your neighbors to love. It's your congregation. And it just so happens that your congregation is in a particular community mm-hmm. that you've been given to reach out to yeah. and to impact for the gospel. And that's where our attention should be. Now, again, speak the truth, Mm -hmm. condemn sin, 
identify evil and reject it. Absolutely. But not, let's not lie to ourselves that we're actually, what we're doing is stirring one another up to good works. Mm-hmm. Let's be doing the work that the law has given here because the gospel is so good yeah. and so great and so all-encompassing. Right. And often when you are encouraging one another or when you're using your words to edify or encourage a word that you can speak to another is the word of gospel hmm. as you as you talk to each other absolutely is that you are forgiven this mm-hmm. this sin that you are struggling with also has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And now the final thing in all of this is all the more this is necessary because the day is drawing near. Mm-hmm. Is that we have a finite amount of time to do this work that God has given us. Yep. Jesus is returning. Now, it, it always seems like a threat, but it's a promise and a reality and it's a glory for the Christian mm-hmm. that Jesus is returning. And so this short time, first of all, is not so much that it's going to overwhelm us and, 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 you know, break us. But it's a short time. Jesus is coming back. But we have the gospel Mm -hmm. that has solved all our needs in this short amount of time. Even if we think we're experiencing lack or actually are experiencing lack, we have eternity to wait for, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's not to belittle suffering. It's not to minimize it. But it's this task of being together, Mm -hmm. of living together, of loving together for the purpose of our neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for the proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And, and in light of the gospel, in response to the gospel on top of that. Yep. Amen. Well, Hebrews 12, we might as well just jump ahead a couple verses to end our, close out our time together. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Join us next week as Pastor Brett, Pastor Jason, and myself continue our discussion on the Ten Commandments as we begin our discussion on the Ninth Commandment. God bless you and have a great week.